Good morning, church. Uh, this morning, we get the privilege and the honor of having Steve and Wendy Backland minister to us. They are leaders in the church in Redding, California, called Bethel. Some of you will have heard of that. Um, they have been a tremendous blessing to us as a body over the last five or six years in bringing a message of hope in helping us with the way that we think and aligning our thinking and aligning our confession, what we say. And so we've had the privilege of having them uh, for a couple of sessions in the conference that we're doing right now and this morning all of us get the opportunity to hear from them uh, in all the churches on this Sunday morning so I want to encourage you to open your hearts uh, open your minds and uh, let's welcome Steve and Wendy Backland hi all nations family Steve and Wendy Backland here from Redding California we bless you Steve and Sarah and team, we're so glad to be able to be a part of what you're doing. And we had the privilege yesterday of ministering at your mm -hmm. conference. And Wendy, I'm excited about this Sunday morning oh, yes. message. Yes, I just wish we could be there in person to see you all. But we know that God's been using technology. And so we're here in video <laughs> and in spirit. Yes. And we just want to say, first of all, how much we value you, how much yeah. we value your movement, what you carry, the importance that you have for the body of Christ. Every time we connect with you, we get inspired, we get upgraded, and just the relational, um, the power of relationships, yeah. the discipleship you have, the church planting, we bless it. Yeah, uh, you guys it, are awesome. In the name of Jesus. And so we're on staff at Bethel Church in Reading, just in case you don't know us, and and we also have our own ministry, Igniting Hope Ministries, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. And because, Wendy, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people. Without hope. Without hope. And when people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. That's right. It's a powerful force. And so we do want to talk about hope. And just obviously in this hour of, of challenge and opportunity, Hope is so important, and yeah. we're going to talk about the importance of hope, how to get hope, and giving hope away. Anything before we get into that, Wendy, that you just want to you want to say or share? No, I, I think just to remind everybody that there is more in you than than you know. That's you know sometimes we feel hopeless, but the the God of all hope lives in us. He lives in us. It's just learning how to access it. So as we think just about in the beginning of valuing hope, and it says it end of 1 Corinthians 13, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. The big three. Yeah. Now love is obviously the most important. Oh, yeah. It says love is the greatest. <laughs> And faith, I think we thought we walked in faith. Yeah. Faith, I think we had understanding of, but hope, we did not understand that because we thought hope was, you know, just wishful thinking. Yes. I hope, <laughs> I hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really even value it because we didn't understand what it was. And it's, I believe, after love that, that hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. It's very difficult to influence that which you do not have hope for, whether it's yourself, family member, all, all the way to a nation. Yeah. I can remember trying to influence people I didn't have hope for when we were pastoring. And I would have this thing where I would try to... In, um, 
counsel them, but I didn't have hope that they would ever change, and I couldn't figure out why they didn't respond to my counseling. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, the things I noticed is that a lot of times people don't need counsel. They already know what to do. They need to know if somebody believes in them. They need to know that God believes they can do it. You know, they need hope sometimes more than counseling. And I would say, just in talking about counseling, hope is probably one of the most important things a counselor does or someone who's mm -hmm. trying to help somebody get breakthrough. That's right. You know, Wendy, in Ezekiel 37, God showed Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones. Just say very dry. <laughs> very dry. <laughs> very dry bones. And, I don't know if I'd have hope <laughs> for dry bones. And the Lord's not afraid of us seeing how dry things are. Yeah. How, how dry maybe a nation's getting, how dry uh, morality's getting. And, and, and so he didn't hide the bones from Ezekiel. He showed him what was going on. And then he asked Ezekiel a question. He said, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, adding some, he said, hey, Ezekiel, I'd kinda like to know what you think about something. <laughs> Can these bones live? Because what you think is gonna determine what I can do. And Ezekiel, he gives the, the safest answer of all time. He says, oh Lord, God, you know. Yeah. You know if it's in your sovereign will for those bones to live. You know what time you want them to live. And then the Lord says, Ezekiel, prophesy. Tell the bones they're going to live. You shall live. Give hope to the bones. And it started this chain reaction of the dry bones becoming an exceeding great army. And it fascinates yeah. me that God didn't say, Ezekiel, watch me prophesy to the bones. He said, Ezekiel, I need you to prophesy yeah. because God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, I used to pray by telling God how dry the bones were, <laughs> you know, like he didn't know. Um, and what I noticed is that my prayer life actually caused me to lose hope because I would talk to him about how dry it was and how, you know, it just doesn't look possible. And, you know, I don't know why, but I emphasized what was lacking, what I didn't have instead of listening to God, instead of talking about the problem, God is saying, why don't you talk to the problem? Yes. God didn't, we're not supposed to use our words to describe situations, but to change situations. Yeah. And you know what you're talking about too, is it's kind of like Psalm 34, it doesn't say, oh, magnify the problem with, with me. me. <laughs> <laughs> it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's make the Lord bigger. Yeah. And then so just the, the question is really never how dry the bones are. The question is whether someone has renewed their mind enough to believe the bones can live. And I'm going to do everything I can to help bones from getting dry. You know, whether it's voting, praying, standing up mm -hmm. for things, causes, but ultimately it, it doesn't matter how dry the bones are. The matter is whether I've renewed my mind enough to believe the bones can live. Yeah, that's what renewing the mind is all about. If, if your renewing of your mind hasn't given you hope, then you haven't actually renewed your mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
That that's true. That's why we can't trust any perspective that doesn't have hope attached mm -hmm. to it. And 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 we'll get to that in a moment. So this whole principle that our hope level determines our influence level. And he who has the most hope is the most influence, as we're talking about valuing hope. And I think it's important to just talk about the definition of hope. And one of my favorite definitions I've been sharing lately is that hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Yeah. Let me say that again. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. And once we lose hope, then all forward movement stops, all improvement stops, because hope is tied to vision. And Proverbs 29 says, without a vision, the people perish. And so the more hope I have for the future, the more vision I'll have now. That's right. And one of the things that I like to, when you say that scripture about without a vision, the people perish, most people can only envision the past happening over and over again, where God seemingly didn't come through or you kept failing. But if that's all you can envision, that's all you'll have hope for. So if you really want to go forward, you need to see something that is beyond the natural. We have to see something that's never happened before. That's what faith is. Faith is visionary. It means you see something nobody else can see. And that's why we, we hope is part of dreaming. It's part of envisioning things better. It's really, it, it's the precursor to, to faith. That's right. A, a lot of people are afraid of that though, because they think, well, what if I envision something that's not true? And I can remember saying that <laughs> to God and he said, you know, you've been doing that for 30 years. Why does it bother you now? <laughs> Because I'd been envisioning negative things happening over and over, and none of them were true. 80% of it never came true, never happened. So, you know, we need to just begin to have more positive, faith-filled um, imaginings for our future. It really brings hope, and something happens in the atmosphere around us. We just get lit up with it, and it actually affects our whole life. Martin Luther King Jr. didn't say, I have a five-point plan. He said, I have a dream. That's right. I have a dream. And great leaders are, are, are people of hope. Because mm -hmm. people tend to not want to follow hopeless leaders. They don't. When we, <laughs> when we were hopeless pastors, <laughs> nobody was like, oh, we want what you have. You know? <laughs> it wasn't until we actually began to get a a bedrock of hope, not only for ourselves, but for other people and circumstances that it began to um, open up our ministry. It did, and, and there's always been a reason why we shouldn't have radical hope for the future. Yeah. I remember when we first get saved, it was end time teachings and that things were only gonna get yeah. worse on uh -huh. planet Earth. So yeah. we didn't have hope. We only had hope for uh, eternal life, heaven, but we didn't have hope for here. Um, then we didn't have hope because of 
the Cold War, the Russians were going to nuke us. Uh, you know, so there's no You're future. Giving away our age. Yeah, I'm sorry, Wendy. Uh, and then it was Y2K 2000. Then, then it's uh, you know the the stock market crash 2008. Then it's terrorism. There's no future. And, and even right now, again, we're at a point where. The enemy wants to say, don't have hope for the future, don't plan, don't invest. <laughs> and and I, no, we're, no matter what happens, God has something for us. God is not hopeless. He's not wringing his hands in heaven. Well, this is so bad, I don't even know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, it's important to just share that hope isn't just a verbalization of I hope so and because it, it's actually it's a belief system that has created hope so we don't try to work up and say okay I'm a Christian I have hope for this I have hope for this you actually change what you believe and hope springs up you can't work hope up it's a byproduct of what yeah. you believe and we'll, and we'll say more about that when we talk about how to get hope. But I think that is important to say right now because that we can get hope. No matter yeah. where we're at right now, no matter where mm -hmm. you're at, you might be totally hopeless or you might just have a lack of hope in a, a couple areas. We're believing that this yes. meeting is going to catalyze something so powerful yeah. in your life. You're going to be an Ezekiel prophet Ooh. just prophesying that... <laughs> to dry bones. Hey, there's one more thing I want to say about the importance of hope, Wendy, before we talk about how to get hope. And and that's, we've, I remember you made this statement. I think you were the first one to say it between you and me. You said, faith without hope is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just talk a little bit about that? Well, I just noticed that a lot of times there were people that were trying to stand in faith and but they didn't really have hope it was almost like you know this is a last ditch effort i'm just gonna you know god's gonna do this they were working stuff up and yet they weren't in unity with themselves you could just feel it you know the the tension between the lack of hope yet trying so hard to stand in faith yeah. and i remember thinking this is just weird you know, you can't even work up faith. Faith also comes from what you know about God, what you know about, you know, the, the truths of the word. And it just, it's, it's weird. I can't tell you how many times I <laughs> would talk to people and they'd say, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that'll come true. But the very tone of their voice said that I'm trying to hope, but I really don't believe in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, you said faith without hope is weird. And I, I think just this may be an oversimplistic difference between faith and hope, but faith is very specific while hope is more yeah. general. Faith says God's going to do it this, God's going to do this. Hope says, I don't know what God's going to do, but good things are coming. Yeah. Faith says, I'm going to get married. Hope says, even if I don't get married, I'll thrive in life. Yeah. Faith says this person's going to get elected. <laughs> Hope says even if that person doesn't get elected, we're going to thrive. Because faith people, faith people without hope tend to have limited options. 
All, all eggs tend to be in one basket. If this doesn't happen, it's all over. If I don't enter into this promise, it's all over. If this prayer's not answered, it's all over. Whereas hope people think with options. Even if that doesn't happen, we're gonna be okay. God's got yeah. good things coming. Yeah, and it's not that we don't stand in faith for specific which, things. Which we do. You know, the, the thing is, is that because we're not perfect, perfected in faith yet, sometimes we stand in faith for things that don't happen. We lose a battle here or there. And if you don't have hope when you lose the battle, you will just fall apart because you'll think, well, now my destiny can't come to pass. God can't get me from where I am to where he said I was going. Where hope <laughs> believes kind of like the GPS in your car. Very, well, ho very hopeful. Yeah. Full of hope, our GPS. Yeah, our GPS <laughs> knows that even if you take a wrong turn or there's a detour and somebody, you know, makes you miss the, the turn, the GPS knows there's still a way to get to the destination from wherever you are. And that's what hope does. It, this is the path I'm standing in faith for, but even if this doesn't happen, I'll still get to where I'm going. So good. When we have faith without hope, we're more prone to be devastated by disappointments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're more prone to be devastated. We say this hope is the safety net for when yeah. what you believe for in faith does not happen. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go. We're talking about the importance of hope. I mean, Hope is so important in the yeah. big scheme of things, leadership, influence, forward moving. But let's talk about how we get hope. And I've shared before with the, the All Nations family, I was reading a book in the 90s about Francis Frangipan. He said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. <laughs> every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. And remember, I, I read that, closed the book, became instantly discouraged. I remember that. Because <laughs> we didn't we did hardly have any area of hope. We didn't have hope for our, our finances, our church size. We had an old car. We felt our, hopeless about ourselves. You know, just, just if we could just get to average, yeah. we'd be okay. And I prayed, you know, I said, okay, Lord, show me every lie that I'm believing. And I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. That's right. I had good doctrine. I mean, I had the basic good doctrine, Jesus is God, the authority of scripture, etc. But I, I had bad beliefs. And many people have good doctrine, but bad beliefs that are about themselves, God, others, circumstances that are fueled from lies it's a, where I don't have glistening hope. That's the real stronghold. Yeah, it is the real stronghold. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is you'll know whether you're believing lies or not by how much hope you have. And that really set us free because all of a sudden, you know, the nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. So we just discovered this tool to find out where we needed to upgrade our belief systems. And that was just the most powerful, life-changing thing that ever happened to us, I think. Well, it, what it did is it broke off the victim mindset. Because mm -hmm. we thought we were a victim of the devil, our past, 
people in our life, God's preordained plan that has put limitations on us. We, we were under a victim mindset, but then when we actually started redirecting our greatest spiritual warfare guns at our own beliefs, and especially at any belief that didn't have hope attached to it, whoo, that changed yeah, us. It did. I mean, one of the things that I like to teach is that if your beliefs haven't changed your view of reality, then you don't have new beliefs. You know, the Bible actually has to change your view of reality. Mm, wow. And that's how you know you actually believe the Bible. So we don't just read the Bible to get more information. No. To win Bible trivia contests. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing. Yeah. So, so we can actually teach teach it. No, it's a, I love that. And, and hope is a, is, a, is a life perspective. Mm -hmm. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Yeah. Now, Romans 15, 13, as you well know, Wendy, is really my life verse. And, mm -hmm. and it says this. It says now. I love that. Right now? now? Right now. Now. When, when is now? Right now. Right now. This it's now. Moment. Now. This moment where you're sitting. Yeah. Now may the God of hope fill you. When? Now. In the sweet by and by? No. <laughs> uh, when things get better, when we're done with the coronavirus, that now have the God of hope. No, it says now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, I love this because Jesus said the truth will make you free. John 8, 32. We first get free in our emotions, then we get free in our circumstances. And these are three emotional freedoms. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy mm -hmm. and peace. And then he tells us how. In believing. In believing. You start getting filled. Then he goes on to say that you may abound in hope mm -hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit. You get so much hope, you start abounding, you get the Tigger anointing. And that verse basically says this, now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment I start believing truth, going beyond just a mental ascent, but attaching faith to it, I start getting filled by the God of hope. So I believe more truth, get filled more, then it gets up to my eyes, and I actually see everything differently. I see me differently, I see you differently, other people in my life, my nation. And so increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies and not truth. Yeah, so one of the things that I like to ask myself when I'm feeling hopeless about something I don't want to make hopelessness the enemy. I want to make my belief systems the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't try, you know, I, if we have a circumstance that we're trying to deal with in our home, I'm not trying to force myself to be hopeful about it. I'm asking myself, what do I need to believe to have hope for this? Yeah. And usually it comes into making my God bigger than my problem. <laughs> It's believing in the the supernatural, you know, because a lot of times we're hopeless 
because we are depending on only the natural circumstances and we can't see a natural way for it to be solved. Yep. And so hope comes from actually believing that we are partnering with a supernatural God. And that's what, where we have to base our faith and our hope. We have to believe so strongly in a big, loving God who acts on our behalf that it changes everything. It's so good. And I love how you put there, it's the supernatural. God hasn't called us to be realistic. He's called us mm -hmm. to be supernatural. Yeah. God's not saying deny the facts of what's going on, believe in truths higher than the facts. That's right. And like, like the dry bones that you mentioned earlier. You know, the facts are these bones don't even have muscle or skin or life in them. And if we focus on that, we'll never have hope for the bones. But if we believe that the same God the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, then we can have faith for dry bones. And even right now, I mean, there, there's, there's things yeah. screaming at us that, wow, it's, there's uncertainties for the future. And, but it is a supernatural. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. Mm -hmm. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. Where it says in, Hebrews 10, 23, now let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I mean, that's a lot of hope talk. It is. Hold fast the confession of hope and do it without wavering. And then it tells us why. For he who promised is faithful. We're not into positive thinking. We're into biblical optimism. That's right. We're in the reason we talk hope is because we believe he is faithful faithful and we want to say this he is faithful he is it is as we talk about hope and that our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing truth or lies and but hope is risky business because our strongholds mm -hmm. in our mind hate hope yeah. and it's when i hear about hope and even even what you were sharing earlier the question what do I need to believe to have hope in this area? I remember you've asked me that question at different times. You know, I've asked you that question because all of us have at least yeah. one situation in our life that's screaming at us, yeah. this really is hopeless. There are no solutions. Yeah. And you know, we'll find ourselves coming underneath things. But we ask that question, what do I need to yeah. believe to have hope? That, that is such a, such a powerful question. Yeah. And it's not just getting the answer. We actually have to take that answer and work on believing it because it's one thing to have a mental agreement. Yeah. It's another thing to have a subconscious belief system that, because we're not driven by our conscious belief systems. You know, I, I read somewhere that we're, we're for most of the day, probably 80% of the day, you're being driven by subconscious belief systems and only like 10% of the time are you actually being driven by what you consciously believe. That's why you can try to change a new habit consciously, but as soon as you get tired or overwhelmed or something bad happens, it, you lose consciousness of what you wanna do 
and something from your old past belief system rises up and begins to be at work again. So we have to actually change the deep hidden belief systems. It's one thing for people to say, oh yes, I'm a child of God, I'm beloved by the King, but do you really believe that when everything looks like it's resisting it? You know, do you really believe you're that worthy? Do you really believe you're that loved? And that's why we believe once we say, okay, what do I need to believe to have hope? What is the truth that's going to make me free? What do I renew my mind with? Because if we're going to experience something higher, we have to believe something higher. We have to believe something higher. I usually say, well, I have the attitude, I'll, I'll believe when I see. Yeah. Lord says, that's not how this thing works. You actually got to believe something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. It's called faith. <laughs> so once we know that, then we have to hear something higher than what we're experiencing. And that's why we're so yeah. passionate about declarations, mm -hmm. putting the promises of God in our mouth, putting our biblical identity in our mouth, because faith comes by hearing. And the renewing of the mind isn't by osmosis. We need a plan. And one of the things to do that is to take these hope-filled truths, speak them out, get radical. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading a study once that um, the average person never moves out of the same social or economic sphere that they were born into. And in this study, they said, it's not that people weren't trying because it's almost within our DNA to better ourselves. Yeah. So whatever social or economic sphere you're born into, most of us are trying to get better, to move up and, you know, just have more growth and influence. But they said the reason the average person never, ever, moves out of the sphere they're born into is because they try to do something different without believing something mm. different. So they're trying to work their way into something so they could believe they are something different. And it's totally backwards. We actually have to believe something different. The, the belief systems that got you where you are won't get you out. We actually have to change them. So good. You know, we like to laugh at lies, Wendy. And let's laugh at this lie. Romans 12, 2 is actually a mistranslation. What it meant to say is be transformed by trying harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that. <laughs> we're called believers. It should tip us off on what we're supposed to be focusing mm -hmm. on. So we've been talking about the importance of hope, the how do we get hope. And let's close with, with this giving hope away. And it's not just for ourselves. We, we said it earlier that I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality that there is. In, it says in Isaiah 35, verses 4 to 7, some great verses. It Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. <laughs> Your God will come. He will come and save you. Then, well, how often do we say that? Yeah, it's a, say. First of all, I say it to me. Say yeah. the fear of me. Hey, Steve, be strong, Steve. Fear not. Your yeah. God's gonna come. And it says, then the eyes of the blind will wow. be open. Then the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap, and there'll be streams in the desert. And I love that. That once we commit ourselves to encouraging others.
and because encouragers bring hope. I heard this, that discouragement is when you run out of courage before the battle's over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd rather be known as an encourager than an intergalactic yeah. apostle. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's giving hope away, believing yeah. you can do it. God's, God's got this. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Those people are so important in our lives. Oh, for sure. And people want to be around people who carry hope. There's just something very, um, I don't know, charismatic about hope. It draws people to you. Um, and I, I really believe that when we were pastoring, we had hope for people that nobody else had hope yeah. for. And one of the things that I, it wasn't that we were looking for this, but it created a really um, loyal group of people because when people believe in you, you're loyal to them. There's just something about it. You're less um, apt to attack because you're drawing from that, that strength of hope that someone has for you. Um, so it's, it's so powerful on so many levels, but you can't fake it. No, it started because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and so we, our belief systems, again, it comes back to belief because whether I'm battling hopelessness in my own life, okay, if I am, that's under the influence of a lie. If I'm looking at somebody else that I don't have hope for them, then my belief system is under the influence of a lie right. because God has hope for them. He does. Now they may have, I may not like them, they may have done yeah. something, but <laughs> ultimately there is, there, there's hope. And you know, just this yeah. releasing hope, giving hope. I, and I, I was just hearing this and that there's people who are watching and God is giving you or has already given you a supernatural strategy for how to give hope away and how to encourage people at a higher level. I remember in March when the coronavirus just started, I was listening to a podcast from a business owner who said every day he felt like he was supposed to get on every day and just encourage people at 8 a.m. Something clicked. I said, I'm going to do that. And I've done you know, pretty much all the way from March to the end of August, I did pretty much every day mm -hmm. at least one uh, Facebook Live just encouraging people. By the way, you can find us on Facebook yeah. Live, ignitinghope.com. I do podcasts, all kinds of things. But I, I found this out that as I give encouragement away, as I give hope away, you know what happens to me? You get encouraged. I get encouraged. Man, it's like I start talking about it and then the lies that I'm tempted to believe seem less real. So it, it isn't the reason I'm doing it. I want to help people. But there's a benefit in us just becoming the biggest encourager that we know. Yeah, I just feel specifically for those watching today, I feel like God wants you to know that there is hope for you. I, I'm just sensing there's mm. some people who feel hopeless about themselves that you kept. It's like you go forward a few steps and then you fall back three more. And 
God is saying that there is something within you. There is a champion within you mm. called Jesus. The Holy <laughs> Spirit is powerful within you. And do not use your past to determine your future. Use who lives in you to determine your future. There is hope for you. There is a strength in you that's just waiting for you to grab hold of it and to believe it's in there. Holy Spirit lives in you. Jesus said it's you know better for him to go so that he could send the Holy Spirit. So you have something in you that makes you a winner, makes you a champion, who makes you strong, and you can do what you've never done before. That's a good word, and, and somebody needed to hear that. And somebody a year from now, it's gonna be astounding of what's actually going to happen in your life. And there's also people that you are doing some powerful things already. I mean, I know the all nations crowd and those who are connecting, there's some movers and shakers. There's people in government, there's people in education, there's people in healthcare, there's people in media. But what I'm hearing is that, that your eyes of hope and your heart of hope is just gonna increase and that your words and your perspective are literally gonna shift atmospheres, are literally gonna bring in uh, an influence that you never thought was even possible. Yeah, and just take a moment right now, just close your eyes and think of something that maybe you've become hopeless about, you haven't even thought about it lately because you've thought there's no hope. And just ask God the question, God, what do I need to believe to have hope for this? What do you believe about this that would create hope? And then just grab hold of that and begin to declare it. Write it down in many places in your home, in your car, because you are going to begin to stand on what God says instead of what has happened in the past. Mm. So good. Whether that's a promise or a dream to get into, that seems like it's now impossible, like Abraham and Sarah. It's too late, too it's Hannah. Or a crisis or a problem to get out of. Wow, that was so good, Wendy. And I you know, just thank you, Lord, just even now for just revelation, for insights. Yeah. And as, as we close today, I, I'm gonna give you an assignment to encourage somebody before you go. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. And we're to consider, and one of the, the power questions of considering is what do I like about that person? When we actually ask that question, what do I like about that person? And then we're able to identify it and then speak it into their lives, then that actually really is a, an indicator of God trusting us with prophetic ministry because the, pro, the foundation of prophetic ministry is that we not only love people, but we also like people. <laughs> yeah. If you don't verbalize what you like about people, even about your spouse, you know, I remember when we first got married, I, you know, it was just all love and honeymoon oh, stuff. Oh, yes. Goosebumps on yeah. our goosebumps. Until we actually lived with each other <laughs> for a couple of years. And then I started focusing on what I didn't like. Uh-oh. What bothered me. And 
I remember God beginning to talk to me about, you have to remember why you like him too. Not just love him, but remember what drew you to him. You know, and that's what, whether we're in ministry together or in a family together, if we don't verbalize in our mind what it is that we like about a person, we can forget. And then we focus on the negative. Usually everybody's negative quality is an immature aspect of a positive quality <laughs> in, in, in their lives. And, you know, just, and I, I love, you know, our own analogy and how we had to overcome focusing on the negative. And that can happen within a family, that can happen within a church leadership team, yeah. that can happen where we work or at school. And then we don't realize it, but that we become part of the problem instead of part of the solution. Because, but God's called us to rise above that. We're, we're thermostats, we're not thermometers. Well, there we have it. I told you it'd be great. And uh, thank you, Steve and Wendy. Uh, thank you to everyone who has made this happen. Everyone who made the conference happen. Everyone who made this weekend happen. All the tech team to be able to make um, it possible for Steve and Wendy to be with us. Have a great hope-filled week. And we'll see you throughout the course of the week.